Hello and welcome to Fish Fingers and Custard, the Explosion Network's Doctor Who after show. My name is Dylan Blight. Joining me, Ashley Hobley. Yes, I am. You are sure here to talk some Doctor Who is the, the program. Uh, this week's episode is called Kablam! Kablam! Yeah, you got to shout it. You've got to make sure you shout it and everything. Kablam! Uh, was j- directed by Jennifer per- Perrot, who I also believe directed last week's, from memory. Uh, written by Pete McTy, who I looked up because I was like, I don't know who this person is. I don't recognize them from any pre- previous Doctor Who episodes. And they've written a fuck ton of episodes of Neighbours. There's your, there's the, the, the trivia. For the, and of course, maybe go, oh, are they Australian? No, they're British. No. They just come over here writing. Writing about us. Now, right now, good friends, the neighbors, <laughs> uh, had also written one episode of Glitch, which is a really good show that's on Netflix. You should check out, even though I haven't finished the second season yet, but it's still a really great show. So, there is, there is also that. Uh, this week's synopsis a mysterious message arrives in a package addressed to the doctor, leading Graham, Yaz, and Ryan to investigate the warehouse moon orbiting Kandoka. And the home of the galaxy's largest retailer, Amazon. Because that's not actually what it says. But I mean, look, let, let's go. Everybody's into, thinking it. Yeah, let's 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 jump into overall impression thoughts. This episode. This episode is basically Amazon, in, done by Amazon. The episode done by Doctor Who, right? Is that not what it is? Amazon or? and murder mystery. Am- yeah, yeah, sure. But it's like <laughs> as soon as the, the episode starts and there's a robot. That's delivering your package, and it's like, oh, it's the mail, and then they they head on off to the the warehouses and stuff. I'm like, cool, it's it's Amazon, like, and especially because most episodes this season have had some sort of like tie into real world message yeah. type. I don't know however you want to describe it. So, what 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 you want to take away is the message from this week's episode? Don't use androids. Mm. Robots suck. Uh, we need to keep our eyes on those robots, so they're going to take all our jobs. Well, I mean, we need to take out that place that's making all those robots that do parkour and stuff. <laughs> I mean, that, that was part of it, but at the same time, I went, went, and we'll discuss the villain. Also, a bit more. don't murder people. Yeah, well, that too. That's pretty much the message every week. I feel we'll, we'll discuss the the bad, well, the the proper bad guy when when we get to it in a little bit. But I will say outright, my feelings to this episode were. I was really enjoying it until the the motive speech was given, you know, when it was, hey, the reason I really want to kill all these people is a reason that doesn't really make sense. Like it was it was the it was the three point terrible villain plot of I want to help save the human race because the robots are stealing our jobs. So to do that, I will murder lots of humans to prove to try and frame the robots but at the same time i was like what no you don't make any sense and that, i wouldn't say it ruined the episode of course because that would be a bit much but at the same time I, I i felt like the i felt like the end kind of plummeted a bit overall for the episode I, yeah i thought i thought it was a lot better up until that point what, what were your what are your overall thoughts on the episode though yeah i thought it was a fun episode uh uh with twists and turns you weren't sure he was behind it the plot uh and then 
I guess the ending happened. And <laughs> <laughs> it sure it, did. It was fine. It was like fine episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, and it's nothing to go home about, but it, it's it's fine. It, it was good. It was fine. It was it wasn't it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but, but it was it was pretty good until the ending is is how I'll describe it, I guess. But let's jump into it. So, as always, going to go through, talk about what happens through the episode. Stop at any key moments. Talk about things that stand out to us. So the the episode starts with the Doctor once again appearing i mean I don't, crashing the tardis losing control of the tardis i don't i don't know I think they it she thought she was getting tracked or chased by something oh, okay so i was like trying to try to do all these crazy maneuvers and something and it turns out it's delivery ah right okay because yeah the, the episode starts and the episode starts and she's like oh i still haven't you know quite worked out how to to drive this new one basically and i was like oh come on now at this stage, sure, you've been driving this this thing around for a couple of months. I don't know. You, you've been going. You've been going along a long time. Get it. Get it together, uh, new doctor. Come on. What are you doing? But yeah. So mentions that there is a teleport pulse though. But when she mentioned that, I thought it was just saying that something like she said. She said it right before it enters the TARDIS, and I was like, I didn't know that she was trying to run away for it. But that makes more sense. Teleport pulse comes in. Blah. And also, I was like, should that be able to get through the TARDIS, surely? Like, because we've done, we've had episodes previously where they've talked about how big the security measures and, you know, these sorts of things are with the, the TARDIS that you, you wouldn't think that a simple fucking mailman could teleport inside the TARDIS, I guess. Uh, kind of random people show up in the TARDIS all the time. Yeah, this is, well, this is true, I suppose. Yeah. Honor, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right forget everything i've said <laughs> uh so a, a kablam man appears which the doctor appears really happy to see she's like oh it's a kablam man that's really it's kind of like when i see the postman i suppose it's no different uh, you know van, the van pulls up outside i hear i hear it i know i'm awaiting a package i get really excited and it turns out it's not for me and i'm really disappointed and i, I feel like i should sure, just boring, yeah yeah well i'm just like oh please let me okay. but it is a package and it is for the doctor and it's a, um, it's a fez, of course, because... I mean, I would be pretty disappointed at how long it took to get delivered. I know. That's the other thing I was thinking. All right. So where, where are we going to side on this? I feel like there's two directions you can go. A, 11th Doctor actually did order this fez very long time ago and it's only just showed up. B, the Doctor hadn't ordered anything and it simply got sent so the machine could get the message to her. Uh, option A. Really? You gotta go. <laughs> yeah. The eleventh, the eleventh Doctor ordered this. Uh, it's several generations later. It arrived. That's how. Like, that's what you'd put in your Yelp review of Kablam. So late, it arrived several regenerations yeah, later. Would have been in the correct time zone for it to be delivered. Oh yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was like. Still, maybe- imagine the eleventh Doctor just checking all the time. Kablam.com. Go on the website, checking. <laughs> The status of his delivery <laughs> says it's a, well. I mean, <laughs> you time travel two years in the future after you order it. It just says it's arrived, and you're like, "Well, when I get back to that year, I know what's waiting for me. My fucking fez is going to get delivered." <laughs> Too bad uh, he died, and then the ne- the, the next Peter, the twelfth Doctor, never bothered to go back to that timeline. 
It's took all the way to the 13th Doctor to go back to the timeline to even bother picking up the first. I will say also with the mentions and tie-ins to previous Doctor Who episodes and stuff, this episode felt like it had the most Easter egg-y type references yeah. stuff pulled in. Because um, I'll just mention it now to, in case I miss it later, but there is a part where they, and I, I, <clears throat> I forgot to double check and look up if this is true. But there was the part where the doctor and that and they're getting in that cupboard or you know they're hiding in that yeah. that wall section and it mentions about the uh, Agatha Christie and the bees or you know something like that. Is that not the David Tennant episode? I believe the... so. Let me just I'll look out for you. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And side note about that episode, one of the worst episodes. You call and the wasp. Yeah, that one. That that's Season it, four, right? Yeah, that's what the, yeah. the that was a reference to that, right? Of all fucking episodes, but I that is one of my least favorite episodes of Doctor Who of all time. I think it's atrocious, but <laughs> like if that's if that's where you want to put the standard for bad well, Doctor I mean, Who, I guess yeah. <laughs> uh, so Fez turns up. Doctor asks if it still suits her. I think she could rock it personally. If I had to, yeah, I pick. I, I didn't think it looked. Te- I didn't think it looked terrible. On the thirteenth Doctor, I felt like we could, we could have a thirteenth Doctor enjoying fezzes as well. Seemed like it could have been a thing, uh, but of course the important thing is that the on the back of the delivery card, the card says "Help me." So the crew head off to Kablam headquarters, which is on a moon, and when they arrive, it looks exactly how you kind of figure a delivery place looks like. It's a bunch of fucking warehouses. Yeah, it's just warehouses, yep. warehouses, where you can see. Nothing super interesting about the place, really, apart from the obtuse amount of logos on the warehouses I I was thinking. I'm like, and you really need it on one. You don't really need it on, you know, we get it. They're all kablam. But anyway, so they head inside. Pretty sure you need to put as many logos as possible. Do you? Yep. It's it's part of being in a company. Oh, sorry. See, this is why I don't, this is why uh, I... This is why we're not big yet. Yeah. (laughs) Like, logo and stuff. I'm not good at the logo stuff. Yeah, that must be why Explosion Network needs someone, someone who's good at the logo stuff. Is that why we hired Trey? Um, yep. So they head inside. They try and trick their way into getting into the the building, and of course, psychic paper is the way. The they show the psychic pa- paper to the lady at the counter, and she reads it as their re- relatives of the first lady. Yeah. What, what first lady? I don't know, but. The Better. first lady. The, of course, the only first lady. There can only be one. Uh, and I mean, they never explain this. And she continues to, throughout the next five to 10 minutes, being all like, oh my God, I'm, I can't believe you're like relatives of the first lady. I mean, shock and awe. So I'm like, oh, shouldn't we have known who the fuck this person is? But that's fine. Uh, so they head into another room and they're going to go onto the premises to join and be part of the workforce and they have to go through these scan machines where there's another this is the second time this season where something about the two hearts has come up as well as like part of a quick one-liner joke as well you know she, the doctor's going through the machine and the lady says oh two hearts and then the doctor just responds that yeah oh yeah the first lady treats me well or something you know something like that or healthcare is really good yeah. as part of relatives of the first lady or something and one of the other episodes had a quick throwaway two hearts uh, two hearts joke as well so I can't remember which one though uh, but as they, as they're finishing up going through the machines the power goes off for a couple of seconds flicks back on this, this is another thing I want to bring up what was this really so th- this power on off thing 
What I don't, unless I missed it, I never really understood come the episode's end what this power on and off stuff was. Like, what was causing the power drain? What was causing these massive... The AR trying to stop the order going through or something? I mean, but I mean, the point is you're having to try and guess when it was a. Yeah. It seemed like a main point of the plot that should have been <laughs> explained at some point. If I, I didn't need a big thing, but it's straight away as soon as the episode starts, they're arriving here. The power flicking on and off is part of the intrigue, the the mystery, and then you come to the end of the episode. It's like, what was causing that? Still not really sure. Do, do I really need to know? No, but it feels like it, it should have been something that was was wrapped up as part of it. Um, they're all given these anklets attached the, to the bottom of their legs to track their productivity as they head inside the warehouse. And I was thinking, fuck, that's a crazy nonsense thing. But then Ryan has yeah, a line where he's... My privacy, that's what it sounds like. Hey? Sounds like an invasion of my privacy. Yeah, it sounds like... Yeah, exactly. It sounds like some fucking bullshit like that. But the part that got me was Ryan says that he's used one before. So then I was like, are these real? Like, are, there's, are these types of situations already happening in warehouses in the UK somewhere? If that was a frail raid line that he had about the fact that he already has to use this? Because I'll tell you what, if they tried to put a fucking anklet on me at my work to check how much I was doing, I'd be like, fuck, what? What? It'd be pretty boring. You're just standing there half the time, aren't you? <sighs> One spot. No, they want you moving around. They want you restocking shelves constantly and, you know, all over the place, back and forth, they want you. If I just stood there, they'd, if I if they had the ang- if I had one of these anklets on, they, I would be in trouble, I think, because yeah, I'm you'd not... Yeah, just pacing behind the counter. That's what I... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so they... Uh, they head out and they... As they're looking over, they're walking over conveyor, well, not conveyor belt, as they're walking over like high rise part and they can oversee what's below them all, Ryan notes that they are, how big it is and the fact that they are looking for one person inside of 10,000 people. But spoilers, everyone, in this after show in which we assume you've watched the show, they're not looking for a person. It actually turns out to be the AI. Dun, dun, dun. So it does well, it's not 10,000 people. You're not looking for anyone, Ryan. You got it all wrong. Uh, as they... Uh, they walk through the, the they're given basically a tour of what, what happens, what they what goes on in the place. It's all, and the other thing that was confusing me for a while was how, you know, as they enter the fancy scan machines, all these other sorts of things, and then it's all manual labor looks very much not futuristic at all. You know, people are wrapping stuff up in bubble wrap, chucking it down. And of course the bubble wrap becomes a big part of the, the episode. But I was like, really? The f- in the future, we haven't... <laughs> we, our, our most protective means of d- delivering parcels is still bubble wrap. <laughs> it's not... We haven't... It's, it's genius design. <laughs> it's, we haven't got past it around. Like, I was like, really? Come it, on now. Uh, would you prefer... Do you prefer bubble wrap or packing peanuts? <sighs> bubble wrap because those fucking peanuts get everywhere they're horrible exactly yeah it's true. And i mean i like bubble wrap i'm this episode this episode this is blew- a company that's trying to keep it as cheap as possible they're not going to invest in trying to find fancy new protective travel postage stuff you're probably right i was just disappointed because i just take everything that happens as doctor who as a sign of the future and i was disappointed yep. in what the future amazon looked like <laughs> I, yep. want, I want something better i need you to give me something else 
Uh, so they walked through, blah, 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 told about the shown the happenings of the place. Uh, they also told not to get on the conveyor belts. Definitely don't get on the conveyor belts. I thought this was a funny part because as the lady whose name I have written down a little bit further, but I think it's Judy, as she's ex- yeah. as she's explaining the, you know, don't get on the conveyor belts, it cuts between a couple times between Doctor's face, which is this big, like, really? Come on, I want to get on the conveyor belt. It was very much like a, a little kid yep. disappointed in hearing that she can't get on the conveyor belts, which I thought was funny. Um, so they're all uh, taken off. And freaky ro- robots take them off into their different departments in which they're all going to be working. And the doctor switches job bracelets with Ryan, even though really when they arrive at the same destination, I'm like, you didn't really need to switch. You probably just got to, you, like you're in the same room. I think they'll look at the lights. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, because she's like, I need to switch lights with you, Ryan, because the person who sent the message was probably in the labeling section and you've got the labeling job. So she sonics and makes them switch jobs. But then when they head off to their job section, Ryan is in the same fucking room that the doctor's in doing the labeling stuff anyway. She didn't know that. This is true, but she doesn't need to know that. I'm talking about whoever wrote the script, at which point I'm like, this is, this is an unnecessary bit. Like what's the, what's the point of this bit? Just to show they could she, she could change the bracelets. Look, the Sonic fucking opens. <laughs> it's, it's just one of these things that as soon as it happened and then they're in the same room, I was like, is this like, because is this? It was amusing. That's why. I didn't find it amusing. I felt like it was completely unnecessary, but. You did it uh, purple. Yeah, I like purple too, but but anyway, uh, they're uh, so yeah. Yaz is taken off to a different section. She basically goes. She goes to the like the click the collection section. I don't know what what the proper name is of it. Like the grabbing the stuff to take to be wrapped and delivered. Whatever that title is, I guess whatever that is. And Graham gets stuck as a janitor because of course he does. Shout out to fucking Graham in this episode once again, killing it. Star of the show as far as I'm concerned best the best <laughs> the best of the episode graham watch him can't he will not die don't believe ash and his reddit theories or barjo from that other fake doctor who show never heard of it abc um so yaz down in her section is, to- is talking to this uh worker guy dan who's got his poster up on the wall and everything he's you know, such a great worker, and he's explaining this. He's explaining that he, um, his daughter gave him this bracelet, oh, necklace that says "Dad" on it, and and stuff like that. And they're going around just chit chatting, pretty much. And this this robot at the same time keeps keeps interrupting them, telling them off for talking too much. Very uh, annoying. But what what makes it worse is the robot isn't like, can you use f- like you know proper whip and chain or something like that. Get back to work. It's more. It just walks up and goes, "Hey guys, I hope this conversation re- sounds really great, but how about you fucking stop <laughs> and you work? That sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah, have a good day. It's very uh, anti. It's just uh, what's the passive word? aggressive. Passive aggressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's very passive aggressive about what it wants. These little fucking robots, little motherfuckers. So. Um, Yaz looks up and the next thing she has to go collect is from section nine, uh, which is apparently this big evil dark section. And Dan says that he will go 
for her because the last person that went down there disappeared and never came back. Dun, dun, dun. So Dan heads off to do that and Yaz stands around for a couple seconds and then pretty much heads off after him anyway. Because of course, and it's Doctor Who because that's, that's how it works. Um, the power goes off once again. This 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 big part of the episode that apparently is not a big part by the time we reach the end of it when maybe the uh well I'll save it till the end. Okay. <laughs> uh so yeah, comes back on on and uh the, the doctor and Ryan are in this room, they're, they're chit-chatting to this uh this girl named Kira who's been working there for a while and she's saying about how you know, if I get bored, I just try and picture how happy everyone is if I open, if when they they open their parcels, and I've never got a parcel, but it's, yeah, it's like dun, dun, I have. What is Christmas? What happens? I oh, just send me an Amazon parcel. Someone please make me really happy. And then this manager person walks in, whose name I didn't bother actually looking up the character name. I'm sorry, but the the manager dude walks in and he's Java. Is that his name? Really, Java Slade. Java. All right, well, I'm just going to stick to manager, dude, because I'm not calling anyone Java. <laughs> no one gets a name that cool and to be this not cool. You know, I'm not. Okay. I'm not having it, Ash. The manager. He sounds evil because he's called the manager. That's what they are. The evil, evil managers. Uh, so he he comes in and he starts threatening. You know, everyone get back to work. Blah 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 blah. And I, I was excited for a couple seconds because I was like. And I was on board with the whole, this dude definitely done it. This dude is the one because of course he's yep. the, he's the human evil character, the only human bad character we've met so far in the episode. Yeah. So it's like, it has to be him. That's, there's no way around it. Little did we know the twists and turns that were about to come our way. <laughs> we yep. were unsuspecting. We didn't know what was going to happen. But yeah, the, the, uh, he starts being rude to Kira and then the doctor sticks up and tells him what's what. And she's, I thought she was about to get put in her fucking place but then uh he, 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 right, he backed down man, he, he backed down he left yeah he's like oh fucking yeah all right all right doctor i'll i'll, I'll leave you use some big words on me I'll, I'll, I'll do what i need to do uh so then we, we cut back to dan who's back down in the section nine and he's going along with his trolley or whatever and he bumps into it well, doesn't bump into he sees a, a robot right up in front of in front of him of course of course, Section 9 isn't just the, the area where people have disappeared. It's also the area where the lights apparently don't work anymore. And this flickering of lights that are remaining, where, you know, it's a very dark, dingy area. I'm like, what the... F Who's looking after this place? Someone fix this up. What, what's going on? The programming was. Make it look as murdery as possible. Well, it's succeeded. It's, it's definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely succeeded if that's what it, its job was. Uh, Dan tries, he, so he tries talking to the robot for a little while and then he says, you know, you know, your voice box must be broken or something along these lines. So he, he turns around and says he'll go get help. And of course, right as he turns around, he's grabbed on the shoulders and <gasps> what's happened to Dan? What's happened? Because we cut to Yaz, who's running down to, uh, after Dan at this point in section nine. And we're like, oh no, what's happened? She's and she's she's looking through the aisles trying to find him, and then she hears Dan scream out off in the distance somewhere. Uh, I'm also like, what happened to Dan? Now that I can think about it, did they just pop some bubble wrap on him? Is that literally what's happening off screen that we can't see? Dan is Dan is standing there. The robots handed him some bubble wrap or something like that, and he's like, no, pops it, gets fucking turned to dust. I don't know, like what? <laughs> no, he gets kidnapped and then chucked in the room. Okay, so him screaming out here is just him being knocked out or zapped or yeah. 
Captured. Captured, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so then Yaz runs out to where the she assumed the sound must have been coming from and uh, robots start surrounding her, but she's a fucking police officer. I don't know if you've heard. She's not she's not about to be she's not about to be taken that easy. So she ducks under and she's a lot better than fucking Dan, who only had to escape from one robot and got fucked over. She's faced with two and she manages to outrun them because she's she's a champ. That's 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 basically what happens so then she leaves and we finally cut back to graham who, who if you're like me we've been sitting around watching yaz and whoever and you've been like oh yeah these people are right but show me what my man graham's up to i need to know what i mean you're doing. almost at the stage where the show needs to be renamed from doctor who to <laughs> just <laughs> what imagine that dun, 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 dun. graham <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's the doctor is already such like a plain name you know like the doctor and it, it, it's only more epic because we know what the character's like but then dun, 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 graham <laughs> <laughs> he's a bus driver dun, dun, dun. <laughs> superstar graham uh yeah they probably should spin-off torchwood's dead right sarah, sarah rest in peace sarah the sarah jane ventures are also gone so, and that, that last Doctor Who spinoff show, they tried to do uh, school, no, what, was it, what was it called? Class. Class, thank you. Class, that didn't even last long. What you need to do, BBC, if you're listening, Graham. It's there. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's waiting to be happened. If, don't kill him off. Mate, if you're going to change companions, doc, or what, whenever the Graham leaves, you're going to drop him off. He's going to say his goodbyes to the Doctor. It's going to be real oh, sad. Last episode, he's wearing like a faulty vortex manipulator. Oh, yeah. And like, so at the end of the episode, he's just gone. And then the next season of Graham is him just getting zapped into different periods of time. I love it. Manipulate. You can send your money to whatever Ashes BSP is BBC and you can can make this. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Make this show. (laughs) Just 10 episodes of Graham. Popping up in different time periods. I'm down. It's and solving it, it. It sounds better than uh, just talking to people. <laughs> just, just Graham out there being Graham. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I need. That's like, a, it's nearest bus. Yeah, every episode he meets a new bus driver from a new age. Even yeah. the Stone Age, there's bus drivers. Ash, you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's always <laughs> there's always some. It was just the one wheel on the bus, but yeah, it goes round and round still. <laughs> 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 oh that was good yeah shut down the rest of the show we don't we don't need to talk about the rest of the episode but <laughs> but but we will give us give us the graham show uh <laughs> so down in the janitor section graham is being uh rather funny as he's getting uh finally let out of his training session with his robots so all right mate uh yeah fuck off <laughs> I'm, sick, I'm sick of being around just and he meets charlie who is the other janitor who's working down there. Um, and just as he's beginning to talk to Charlie, a security call measure seems to go off like some sort of alarm thing. And it's basically like, hey, go have a lunch break. I was like, well, it was a very elaborate alarm system for basically just have a bit of a break. It was more like episodes about halfway. We need a reason in the script for them all to get back together for five minutes. How do we make it happen? uh lunch 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 is the savior it's what we need to do uh so outside 
uh, you know, they're all explaining basically what's happening to him. The doctor's like, this has been happening. Graham's like, you know, I've been cleaning. It's great. Uh, Yaz, of course, the most epic tale to tell explains how someone has disappeared. Uh, That's probably the most epic out of all of them, I guess. And then Kira... Yeah, probably the most important out of all the things. And then Kira... The, the girl that the doctor and Ryan had been met with is walking along and she drops her fucking food on the ground. This was a really awkward scene overall. It was it was really, really weird. I, Kira, she drops it, looks like a muffin or something on the ground. Charlie runs over as the cleaner, starts picking it up as if she's going to eat it or something. Like, oh, no worries. I'll, I'll fix wrapped. it. Hey? It looked like it was plastic wrapped. It's Did fine. it? It didn't look like it was plastic wrapped to me. And I was like, fucking calm down, dude. What are you doing over there? And then what was the line? I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't officially write it, write it down, but he, she says, sorry, I'm clum. Oh, what was it? I'm like jelly or like, I'm like custard or something like that. And he's like, oh, I like custard. Some really awkward. Like yeah. It was like one of the worst pickup lines you could, you could, you could probably right. hear. <laughs> I've heard some bad pickup lines in Doctor Who's history as well. <laughs> I'd like to put that out there. Um, so yeah, really weird thing. Then the doctor, Ryan and Yaz hold head up to old, uh, Judy and the manager whose name we won't actually use. And they're all talking about, cause the doctor's decided now that she's got word that people are actually disappearing time to put some action. We need to figure out what's actually going to happen. And they explain that, you know, someone's disappeared. We got a note calling for help. What are you going to do? And they're all like, Oh, well, you know. Well, like my, like real workplaces would, they'd pretty much just sh- shove it off as, yeah, no, we'll figure it out though. It'll be fine. Yeah, we'll you do know. an investigation. We'll, we'll, we'll do some sort of investigation and yeah, it, maybe. It's, it's fine. Uh, it, it, it's okay. It's, it's, it's no problem. Whatever. Doctor doesn't believe it. She says, you either fucking work it out or I'll, you know, I'm the, I'm the doctor is, is basically what she says. I'm the doctor. And she heads out. Um, and then they all head upstairs and we do the whole thing, which we mentioned before is they, they pull away the, I, can't, I was trying to remember was the actual, like, was that section, that part they call, they hide in cold, like the hideaway hole or whatever. Cause she did have a funny line where she's like, haven't you ever hid, hid in one of these before? And they all respond, no. And then she says, oh, you haven't lived then or something along those lines, which was, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, then you got Graham. He's downstairs talking to old mate Charlie again. Well, not old mate. Old mate sadistic Charlie over here, which we soon find out is a is a very nasty, nasty man. And he asked him how long. He's like, what? what? Here we go. Again, yep. Charlie's very fucking weird. Look, straight away, he's also very Ooh. weird again. Because he asks... How long, Graham asks Charlie how long he's been into Kira. He's like, oh, you can tell. He's like, yeah, you were trying to scrape the food off the ground with your tongue to give it back to her. And you're saying really weird pickup lines. Yes, we could tell. He's like, oh, well, haven't you, haven't you smelt her? And Graham rightfully responds, no, no, I haven't really smelt her, mate. No. (laughs) It's like. What are we doing over here? Dash in the chat says it says that uh, sounds like his job must have been from before management. Probably does sound like his job. Uh, doesn't sound like my job. I, I'm the person that gets told off. You know, we don't get to be in management. Me, me and Ash over here. Um. So, right, uh, weird dude. This guy 
at this stage. And thinking back on the episode, I'm like, are they trying to paint him weirder so it all makes more sense? By the time we reach the end of the episode, it's like, oh, he was a bit, look how weird he was with that girl and stuff like he was that. Just of course. Socially awkward. Yeah. What? Awkward and not being murderous. Yeah, but isn't it like the stereotype of the socially awkward person turns out to be the killer? Like, is that not a stereotype? That's a stereotype at this point. It is, but most of the time, the socially awkward people are the killers. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you were going somewhere and then it just came back to, it is, but but yeah, 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 most of the time, socially awkward people. Stereotypes are correct. Yeah, most stereotypes of killers are correct. truth. And socially awkward people are murderers. Fact, apparently. Can be. <laughs> Can be murderers. Uh, upstairs, the the doctor, uh, Ryan and Yazol, waited for uh, the manager dude and that to leave where they were uh, in, the, in that room, his broom or whatever. And then they all head in. Yaz points out there's a filing cabinet, rightfully so, because it is like, why the fuck is there a filing cabinet here? It's a bit weird. Hot places run digitally, of course. Seems really out of place. The doctor proves that the Sonic... This is this is my other point. When he was like, why did the doctor have to switch to bracelet colours? And your answer is, because it was cool and it served no point in the plot. Well, look, do we need that moment when the Sonic is used in this episode to do many things, including teleportation later in the episode, and also includes a moment where the Sonic is used to open a filing cabinet? Because I don't know, Ash, opening a filing cabinet without your hands, pretty cool. True. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still putting your points on the the, the bracelets being cool. All right. I, 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 I see how it is. They change colors, Dylan. They change colors. It was point. It was an absolutely pointless part of the episode. The so they look inside the 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 thing and they find this paperwork. And as they as as they're looking and they all look shocked and horrid. Of course, someone enters and it's it's Judy and she's like, "Oh fucking, you're a fucking idiots! Look, you've got bracelets on. I tracked you all here. You're a fucked." And then everyone is, stands there like, "Oh yeah, we are a bit stupid. Yeah. We did have these bracelets yeah. on, didn't we?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, we kind of forgot that was a thing." Oh, whoops, a bit silly. That's fine. Um, then they, they start explaining to Judy look we're only here to help come look at this we've got this paperwork over here come 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 have a look it'll help you out do it come over here they look at the paperwork and there's a list that the manager dude has been keeping of all the people that have been disappearing so of course we're now like aha it's definitely him he's definitely the one that has been doing it he's definitely the one causing all these troubles at Amazon of the future space wizard time period moon place things uh, and then the power starts going off and it goes off fully. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know if you know, Ash, but this power thing is a big part of the episode that is never fucking explained. <laughs> Graham, of course, shows up at this... Uh, uh, fuck, I, I completely missed the part before, but it's fine. We'll skip it. Graham and Charlie had this nice chat before. I forgot the part. They run down. They Charlie's like, I can get you a map. Graham's like, I want a map. Get me a map. Charlie takes him to a place where there's maps. They grab the map. Power goes off. Graham shows up with the map, the map for the doctor. Cool. We're all caught up. Good job, everyone. So Graham shows up with the map and then gives it to him and they look at the the building outlet. See what's happening. They're like, cool. We've got to look at the building. This all sounds very exciting. A robot shows up at this point. Charlie, for some reason. This this other thing. I, I suppose I suppose they are maintenance, right? They aren't really just janitors. Is, is no. that what, yeah. Cause, cause there was a point that 
there was no point where with Graham's job where he was being trained to help fix the robots. It was just here's a mop and bucket. But we're supposed we're supposed to remember that Charlie is more than the janitor. He would they're the maintenance people because as soon as the robot starts up and uh, shows up and starts acting all weird, Charlie says, "Nah, no worries, I can fix it." And he starts heading over to her. Which for a split second I was like, "Hold on, janitor, how are you fucking fixing the robot?" Leave it to. I don't know, the doctor or someone? But I suppose we are supposed to assume that they can do more than that. But of course, as he shows up, things start strangling him. And then tie this all back to the, the end of the episode and what we know now. Is this robot not just heading in because it knows that Charlie is the one doing everything wrong and it is just like, I will fucking kill this person because they know he's the the evil one as in as yeah. in if if yaz or ryan had walked up first to the robot it might have just been like get the fuck out of the way i'm charging i just want to kill charlie because i know they know he's the problem well the system knows that charlie's the problem so um, yeah that makes sense yeah putting it all back into context i suppose looking back and from the end some of the stuff now that i think about it the reason the part i'm guessing the power was related to when the the robots go crazy and kidnap people is it? That must, yeah, because it happens right it? before Dan gets kidnapped, and then it happens again just before Kira gets kidnapped. Why is the power going out though? Like, why? What's that got to do I with don't the kidnapping? Know. That's. <laughs> it just correlates. It, just... There's no reason why it should go out, but. <laughs> <laughs> and why does it go fully out now? I don't. I don't really know, but yeah, I suppose it has something to do with that. Um, they end up ripping the robot's head off, and they shave. They shave. They save Charlie. They're like, cool, we do that. Uh, the doctor realize they start talking about that the the whole system has gone haywire, and what they're going to uh, need to do is hack into it to save it. They look over the missing people's list again, and Judy starts explaining that the the reason that she never realized any of these people were missing in the first place is that on her map, like tracker thing, the way she found the doctor and that all in the room, it still had them all on it as if they were still working and that's how she never realized people were actually missing the doctor says that she needs access to an older version of kablam charlie says yeah no worries no or graham says no no worries that's an important part i suppose graham says yeah pretty sure we saw one of those down where it was so they head on down to get access to kablam version one yep. um and they head back down to where or they, amazon yeah well amazon version one yeah yeah. <laughs> the Amazon version Amazon version 60 the Amazon version 60 version they're on right now yeah as they head back down they get it uh, and they, they're picking up the Amazon version 1 or Kablam version 1 whatever you want to call it and we cut to a shot of the manager dude loading up some sort of I suppose stun gun it looked like some sort of taser some weapon. sort of weapon I suppose, but some sort of gun. And of course it's done many singly to add to the, the fact that it's like, Oh, dun, dun, dun. This is the bad guy. We're going to pull so many twists and turns this episode. You'll never know who the real bad guy is. Hi, Sim, 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 Sim in the chat. How are you? Welcome to fish fingers and custard. Uh, so then we cut to Kira who you may have been like, Oh, what's going on? What's going on with old mate Charlie's crush of the day. And she's down there having a great old time talking doing a job oh. she's kill, killing their job you know doing, killing that packing killing that game. packing game job it's 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 a great job go do it and then two robots shop 
explained to her that she's been awarded the Worker of the Day Award. And she says, oh, I didn't know that's a thing, but that's super exciting. I can't wait to do that. That sounds great. I'm going to do it. So she starts heading off with them. Cool. All right, All right Kira. We'll just don't head off with scary robots. That's the number one rule of life. Pretty much don't do that. Uh, the Kablam system, uh, as the doctor's trying to hack it, turn it on, do whatever needs to be done. It it shuts down and, and the doctor explains that it will need to restart before she can hack it. In other words, it's a plot device device to say they can't do what they need to do yet because I was like, why is this happening? But it's whatever. Uh, but then they get a message from the si- or on Judy's ta- tablet thing that tracks everyone. She gets a notification that Kira is going missing and disappearing into the dispatch area, the area that no one is uh, allowed to go. Like human characters aren't allowed to go down there. It's the pure robot area something along those lines and they all point out the fact that yes she hadn't received zero notifications about any previous disappearances so straight away it is a look it's a trap (laughs) that's obviously what it is if the system's letting you know you gotta be aware of these things make sure you're aware what are you doing judy keep keep up with what's going on jeez do we need to so then ryan says of course we'll go save kira we'll go down to dispatch We'll need, we'll do what we need to do. Everyone says, how are we going to get down there? Brian says, I've worked in a warehouse. No worries. Got it solved. He, so they had, he takes Yaz and Charlie. They head on over to the hole where the dispatch shoot, I guess is what you would call it. Conveyor belt shoot type thing. Yeah. Head on over to that. And he starts explaining, this is what we're going to do. So, um, at the hole, he starts explaining that the last time he ever did this, he broke his ankle. So that's a good start to the whole conversation, really. And yep. that it was, he survived. It was fun. But, you know, he broke his angle. He's like, no worries. We'll still do it. We've got someone to save. We'll, we'll go through it. So he jumps through. Yaz jumps through. Charlie follows through, of course. He's going, he's, he needs to get down there to save the, the love of his life. And then cut to maintenance down in the maintenance area. Kira is taken inside a room that looks like a police fucking interrogation room, basically. Like, there's no way, especially when those other characters show up later and there's even the glass, like an interrogation room type thing. And I'm like, why does this exist in a maintenance se- like section or whatever it's supposed to be? It looks like something out of a, like... I mean, some of those robots, they just they just steal stuff. So <laughs> sometimes you just need to interrogate them. <laughs> you just need to interrogate the robots? Well, yeah, I, I sure if that's... Like, you I mean, it's super short because they can't lie, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you steal it? Yes. Yes. I malfunctioned. It doesn't seem like it I needs an interrogation rude. room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they the robots put her inside the room and locked the door. And then if I was her, I would have been scared out of my mind at that point. But she's like, oh, this is fine. You know, I'm being awarded cust- uh, worker of the day or whatever the hell she's on about. So that's a, that's a thing that's happening. Ryan and the others fly down. Now, I want to point out this, this section of the episode is like the most CGI heavy part of the whole episode. And I yep. was like, fucking hell. Doctor Who's budget is a lot bigger this year because they're like, we're just going hard. <laughs> we're going hardcore. I don't this. know. It looked like they just copied and pasted from the end of Toy Story 2. It, that's what I was like. It was, well, all right. I was thinking about two movies. I was thinking about watching this scene. Toy Story 2 yep. and Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end when they're in like Count Dooku's uh, thing there and C-3PO's really, getting... but 
okay, I've sort yeah. of pushed that to the edge of my yeah, brain. You, you so. probably did the right thing again in real that movie. Anyway, what a movie. Uh, so they're, they're flying down and it's not a simple shoot to the bottom like it would be in a, a normal warehouse, of course. As they, they start going through, there's several different shoots all connecting up and then it goes down into this huge, as we are saying before, like Toy Story 4 or Attack of the Clones, huge conveyor belt system with levels up and high down below and they're all scared that they're all going to die and somehow they manage to not. And also I'd like to point out how Charlie explains that, oh, you know, things that come down here, because Ryan says, we put items down here. So of course we can survive. We're humans. We chuck stuff down here. It doesn't break. Charlie says, yeah, but that stuff has bubble wrap. And all I'm going to say is no matter how much bubble wrap you put on something, if it's a big enough fucking fall, it's bubble wrap. This is futuristic bubble wrap that doesn't break <laughs> unless it gets popped. <laughs> well, <laughs> better be something because I was like, I, I, look, I understand bubble wrap helps, but there is, there is a line here, Charlie. Well, there is a line here, but we do know by the end of the episode, he's very obsessed with bubble wrap. He thinks it's the <laughs> the item to Eat save everything. the world. You would even say <laughs> mm. to, to a point. Uh, so yeah, they all they go along this whole thing. They they reach a point where they stop. There's this really awkward moment where uh, Ryan goes to high five Charlie because they survived the convey belt system, which then knocks Charlie off. And I was like, holy fuck, what a way to die! You high five <laughs> someone to death, right? How are you gonna explain that to the doctor? Sorry, doctor, killed someone. How? I high five them. High they five. fell off. High fives are banned. <laughs> more high fives. High fives are now banned within the TARDIS traveling system and old companions from now on. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Charlie survives. Unfortunately, kinda. Look, not to wish death, on, death upon him, but it could have self. If he died at this point, episode problem is uh, episode. Well, done. not really. I mean, that problem's not solved, but he's not there to press the button later, so at least that's a thing that happens. Um, uh, so, so, but Ryan and Yaz jump off in this big epic moment, like not as epic as episode one slow motion doctor jumping off a crane to to another crane epic moment, but they they build it up a little bit and then. Jump, jumps off of he jumps off of course and then land safely yes Woo, we're all with charlie now and they continue along the conveyor belts uh the doc uh the doctor is walking along with the rest of them trying to figure out how they're going to get down to the to the room and the doctor realizes that she will just be able to ha you know use the system teleport them down there i i honestly my mind kind of i don't understand how the did you get like how was what was how is it working how was she teleporting in there what was the, the no idea yeah no <laughs> it's, i i guess it's know. the same technology that the kablam mans are using to teleport i guess yeah she sonics into that and she realizes and right as she's realizing that she's going to be able to use the sonic to teleport them but in two different places of course uh the manager dude shows up points the the taser thing or whatever at her and it's like ah, i'm gonna fucking and right as it seems she uh, he's about to zap her she activates sonic teleports them all downstairs and then well turns at the the tables and then well he explains that he thought the doctor was the one causing all the problems even though the doctor had yeah. shown up and already like 10 people had disappeared before she didn't yeah. show up that makes no sense <laughs> yeah here's another plot point where i was like hmm Yes. The man would blame it all on the lady who's only been there for a day. <laughs> mm, I don't know if it is a plot, 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 plot hole because, I mean, some managers are just not as bright. As... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's true. But I was like, come on, dude. Like, really? Is this a... 
Yes, it must be the one person who's been here all day who's, who's been the, the cause of this. Who's been here for 24 hours. Less. And, uh, <laughs> less than 24 hours. Definitely was not here for the previous 10 people getting yeah. disappeared. Was here for one person disappearing. And you're going to blame it on her. In fact, you yeah, have your sights. Yeah, she slipped up. She slipped up and showed up. She thought she was going to get away with it, but no. These damn meddling the manager guy. He's, he's yeah. onto her. What? what? Or not. What an idiot. What an <laughs> idiot. So he explains this. The doctor, of course, explains that, no, you're a dickhead. Fucking, you do, you're a terrible job at managing anything. And that where we got a help message. I explained that to you just before, dickhead. And that's, you know, just put, put your fucking wimpy ass taser away and let's, 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 let's get along with it. And then Judy has a go and she's like, I can't do my fucking job. If you're keeping information from me. And then the manager is, you know, He's put in his place. They all turn around. They they find this goo stuff that they're like, is this the, the humans that have been turned into goo for some reason? Yes. That that's a th- that's that's a disgusting thing that happens. And then they turn around and they see this army of robots all lined up around. Looks like Attack of the Clones when Obi-Wan sh- shows up in Genosis and sees all the clone soldiers. Just to tie it all into this episode, just looking a lot like Attack of the Clones. Uh, so then Ryan and Co, uh, Yaz and, uh, what the fuck I'm mental blanking on, uh, Charlie, Charlie, they all get down there and they run in and they see, uh, Kira in the, it's, oh, all the names just appeared for a second, Kira in a room, but she can't he- hear or see them through the glass. They're banging on the glass, calling out to her and trying to figure out what's going on. And just as this is all happening, a parcel appears out of nowhere. Teleportation type stuff happening again. Tell uh, parcel appears in the middle of the table for it to open. And of course, instead of going, why the fuck did this parcel in its weird interrogation room just appear in the middle of the table in front of me with my name on it? This is a bit weird. This is a weird place. Maybe that I'll save pro- it. That was a prize. For maybe I'll maybe I'll take it home later and open it then, not in this weird w- room or something like that. I don't know. It seems like a weird. Weird way to, I don't know. Well, the what if it's something easy to carry? Then she she doesn't have to carry this box around. I guess you're right. I guess I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. So they, <laughs> you, you're 100 right. They, we cut back to. The I doctor. mean, if you got a magical present that showed up right in front of you, wouldn't you open it straight away? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Would you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you better hope there's no bubble wrap in it, Ash. Jesus. So we cut back to well, the now doctor. Now I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we cut back to the doctor who uh, explains that after sonicing some stuff, realizes that all the energy in this room, teleportation energy, has been saved up and no deliveries have been going out. Well, apart from the one the system stuck through to get her the message, I suppose, is what we're supposed yeah. to believe. Uh, so there's enough energy being saved up for teleportations to do one big mass teleportation send out of, of course, the army of soldiers there and. Just what is going to be inside the presents? We don't know. We cut back to Kira. She's opening up her present. And all that is inside is bubble wrap. Which, instead of going fucking shit present, she starts, of course, holding up like it's the most amazing thing she's ever seen in her life, even though she works in a fucking packing place. And you'd probably be sick of seeing (laughs) bubble wrap at some point. But no, she's holding up like she just got gold delivered to her and uh charlie's banging on the door no no don't do that really ecstatically to the point which of course he knows because he knows what's going on he knows what's going to happen he uh and she pops one of the bubbles and then green powder or dust or 
by the way, stuff, stuff appears and she disappears with it. Gone. See you later. Dead. I guess it's some sort of like, I don't know. It would have to be like some acidy type f- um, substance or something, wouldn't it? Like, cause the body like wildfire or whatever the thing is in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a, <laughs> I guess that's a good re- reference point for it. Yeah, it's like wildfire or something like that. So they go up. See you later. Rest in peace to uh, rest in peace to her, Kira, and uh, my thoughts to her family. I guess. Uh, yeah. Cut back to the, the doctor. She's realizing what's up with the bubble wrap that it's all fucked and that all the packages are going to have bubble wrap in it. And this is pretty much a mass teleportation send out to send the the bubble wrap bubble wrap out as a mass murder weapon. Dun dun dun. And then Ryan and Yaz show up at this point, and I like it's fucking Charlie. He's the one. He knows what's going on. You're going to be like he's the one. And Charlie then shows up right behind them, who's pulled a grenade out of. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's it's not a grenade. It looks like what looks like a grenade, but he's holding the remote, like yep. it's a grenade or something like that. Uh, but the entire time, until I realized later that it was, when we find out it's a button, I'm like, what is he? Is he really just holding a grenade? This seems like a, a very bad plan. But then when we're about to hear his <laughs> proposal and thought out plan, it is a terrible plan. Charlie, you're a fucking idiot. So yeah, he explains that. He explains to Judy, Judy, you're an idiot. I lied on my application. Oh, look how good of a liar. Oh. He's like, I'm not into I'm janitor. So villainous. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> so villainous. <laughs> He's like, I'm not even into janitor work. I tricked you. I'm into fucking science and building and uh, weapons and stuff, Judy. I have no interest in cleaning other people's <laughs> shit at all. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? <laughs> You never would have guessed, though, would you, Judy? You fuckhead. <laughs> you really fucked up now. What's a good human resources manager are you, Judy? You're going to go home and sleep well now? You're fucking horrible at your job, Judy. This whole, this whole episode just uh, just turns out that Charlie's whole evil plan was solely to make Judy feel like shit. It's not, it's not even anything else. It's just to make Judy feel like shit. That's, that would have been a much, that would have been a much better uh, payoff for Charlie, I feel, if that was the, the, the whole thing. Like, I've hated you. I've always hated you. Now you know your shit. <laughs> now you know your shit. You're end shit of the, at your job. <laughs> yeah, end of the episode just ends with Charlie being like, fucking showed her doctor and doctor's like look that's not the way to treat someone you don't dislike and the message of the episode is if you have a problem with your higher-ups take it to the next person or seek outside help or something like that but instead the episode respect (laughs) instead charlie's whole big plan it boils down to the message of robots stealing our jobs or uh, i suppose you could i look you could throw out the, the the message of the episode is supposed to be extremists, like, oh, the immigrants are stealing out, kill, you know, stealing our jobs, that type of thing. I don't know if that's what it was going for, but I, I suppose if you wanted to, you could steer it in that direction. It's mm-hmm. open as a direction you could took it. But I just took it as AI will ruin the world type storyline, I guess. But yep. the whole play out still didn't make any sense to me still it still doesn't as i said at the start is they're going to investigate this and then they're going to realize it was a person behind it the whole time and then they're going to make it so that they don't have to have humans working yeah and then they'll get rid of all the humans yeah (laughs) so it's such a stupid plan yeah in case you in case you forgot since the fast at the start of the episode or since you've watched the episode the plan boiled down to i 
I'm sick of them cutting back the amount of humans that are required to work. Because they explained earlier in the episode, 10% in every single area, different place in Kablam has to be uh, human organic life force, as, as they put it in the show. So that's how, how much humans are. Hey? Except in Dispatch, where no humans are allowed. Yeah, except for Dispatch, where no humans are allowed for that, whatever reason. And apparently it's been cut down throughout the years. You know, 30% humans, 20%, now it's at 10%. And he's like, what happens when it goes to 8? What happens when it goes to 7, 2, 1? You know, like, as it get lower and lower? So uh, what I'm going to do to show you that robots are stealing all our jobs is I'm going to frame them all for murder. And I'm going to murder a billion people. And you're listening to him and you go, What? Charlie, you're a terrible bad guy. You're you're a fucking yeah. terrible bad guy. Why are you telling us this and you're not murdering us? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're not really you're not really helping anyone, Charlie. You're 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 a bit of a dickhead. I'm sorry to tell you. So yep. he pro- pops the button, all the robots begin to begin the teleportation process. I mean, in my mind, I'm pretty sure the teleportation process should have been instantaneous as soon as he pressed the button, but Give it a little bit of le- leeway, I suppose. It is a, t- a television show. Fiction needs to happen. It doesn't really need to be any countdown process to it. There wasn't when the Doctor did it. It wasn't when anyone else did it. Well, they do it in a second, but that's fine. So, now run off. Doctor starts, you know, trying to figure out, of course, how to how to, how to to save the day. And what she ends up doing is she uh, picks up the Kalan version 1 helmet, the body, whatever it is, contraption, version 1 Kalam, plugs it into the the system and tells it to order all of the robots to tra- tra- travel to where they are now that's where they're going to be the delivery is where they are right now and then once they arrive at the delivery location they're to open up the parcels and do what everyone does with bubble wrap to which the robots would have been like i don't know chuck it in the bin yeah, like, what does everyone do with bubble? Like, shouldn't the order have just been popped the fucking bubble right? You're leaving our lives in assuming that they know what your order means, Doctor. Yeah. But apparently they do know what everyone does with bubble lamp, and that is uh, pop it, apparently. So this whole thing is happening. AI code that was written in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, they begin yelling out for Charlie, who's halfway through the crowd of robots, because that's the way out, apparently. I don't really know. Uh, so he's... At, he's out that direction, they begin yelling out, come back, come back. Graham's like, come back, mate. They're trying to count down, you know, there's not really a countdown system. We just wait. The robot's beginning to open up a package. Da-da-da. He's still standing there. Too late. Graham says, just leave him. Doctor says, yeah, fuck him, right? Teleports him out of there, and then the place, kaboom, goes up. Goodbye, Charlie. Goodbye, that section. Oh, Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I missed a good pun. Fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we... <laughs> we we cut to outside and the doctor is having a conversation with Judy and the manager and Judy's explaining that they're going to be closed for the you know for foreseeable future who'd have fucking thought it after what just happened who'd have thought that would be happening but there will be reopening with a majority of organic workers in most places so the moral Why? of the story is that was a mistake yeah <laughs> it's like the, the problem was human <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the solution should be more robots. <laughs> yeah. Take out all the humans. What you did is you cave to what the terrorists wanted. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand the... Uh, yeah, the messaging is not great in this. <laughs> messaging, yeah, this entire episode. And then also I found that the, the this last scene, the ending, 
weird for two different reasons. So then we cut to inside the TARDIS. Yaz is talking about that she wants to deliver ne Dan's necklace that she found somehow. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where she got it, but she somehow apparently found Dan's, she found Dan's daughter's uh, necklace that says dad on it and uh, explains that she wants to deliver that to the kid. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, the episode's going to end with them delivering that to the daughter or something, you know, a sweet ending, I suppose, something something nice. along those lines. That'd be, you know, something nice. And then we cut over Graham's about to play with bubble wrap for some fucking reason. And the doctor says, yeah, probably don't want to play with that. It's from Kablam. And then we have a close-up shot showing that they've got bubble wrap inside TARDIS. Why are they keeping it? Why they brought it onside, inside the TARDIS? I have no idea. And then the episode ends. I'm like, oh, we're not actually going to see them deliver the necklace. That was just a thing no, that was mentioned. It blew up. The TARDIS blew up. There's no episodes left for the end of the seasons. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next incarnation of the Doctor. I'm looking forward to Graham, season one, where he's a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> traveling the planets, of uh, traveling the, the holes of the Kablam uh, studios. Uh, so this week's villain is, you know, will, will be in the book as the Kablam robots. Although, of course, we know it is... Charlie, really, once you get the spoilers. But if you head on over to the Doctor Who website, they are going to have the the monster encyclopedia up for the Kablam worker robots things. Yep. What? So taking it, just I'm going to rate them as creepy things. Even like take, taking out the fact that they're not actually the villains. I'm saying, what are you, you going to rate them on? Just being, just taking in them as creepy sort of you know things in the background. Like a six. They were fine. The design was pretty cool, but they didn't really yeah. do anything. I, 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 I'll give them a seven because they remind me of their faces. Reminded me of the the clowns from you know when you go to like shows, like the moving ones. You got to throw the balls in their mouths and that thing. You know those ones, and I really fucking hate those. They are weird looking, and they, they <laughs> these robots reminded me of them. So I found them off putting. Pretty much the entire episode. But that's what I was saying. I found the majority of the episode until the last 15, 20 minutes or whatever it was. Well, 15 minutes, I suppose. Once the robots weren't really the... T turned out to be the big the big villain. Everything up until then, I was finding rather creepy at all points in time. Because I found their design generally creepy. What would you... If you was going to rate Charlie, though, as a villain, what would you give him? Because I'll give him a total of one. Like a four? Nah, he's a fucking... At least he had a purpose. Did he? <laughs> It wasn't a very thought out or good purpose. Yeah. How about? I'm I'm glad we don't have to see him again. Is all I'm gonna say. No, he was first, first villain so far this season who's like the Doctor's sort of let die. Yeah, that was that. Well, that was all interesting, but at the same time, I didn't feel like he could. No, there's like, no way they could have saved him. Yeah, there was there wasn't any way that she could have actually saved him. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't I wasn't going to stress out about that as a. Like, oh, the doctor let someone die, duh, duh, duh. you know, it, it was fine. It, it's okay. Let what about the real villain of this episode? Yeah. What, what is it? Bubble wrap. <laughs> Fuck. I should have put that in. Damn. I didn't, th I didn't think it through. Damn. <laughs> I've missed my opportunity. Ah, would have been good if I had that lined up too, but it, I, I'd write bubble wrap. Other villains of this episode management. <laughs> I'll write that 10. <laughs> right. Give that a, a solid 10 out of 10 over there. Uh, but yeah, wrapping up. What are what are you, you got any last opinions on the episode now that we've gone no. through it? I, no. I just wonder how many people are not going to be using bubble wrap for a little while. 
Probably no one. I don't. Th- I don't think this episode makes bubble wrap entirely too too scary. Wait, wait. Well, does it make you hate Amazon? No, it's not their fault. <laughs> it's it's not their fault. It was the guy who was working for them. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Once again, it was a fine episode. Villain was Charlie. I think was a terrible villain, and a lot of his his motives didn't make any fucking sense at all. But. The robots were freaky, and it was really intriguing as the episode began. And as I was learning stuff, I was really intrigued. Characters were were mo- like uh, Dave or whatever it was. I've already fucking forgot whatever it is that that dude. Dan. You know, what was it? Dan. Dan. Thank you. you know, he was Dan. interesting. Ira or Ira, whatever. I already forgot everyone's name. It's fine. Kira. Kira. Yeah, she. You know, she seemed fine. Stuff was happening. It's, it, it, it is what it is. So you got these. Next week, do you watch the, the, the next week thing? No, I didn't this week. You didn't? No. Oh, because ne- yeah, I was going to say, next, the, I thought it looked really interesting. Next week, we are getting witches, which is, as, I was like, I didn't the put in research. crossover we've been waiting for. Yeah, the chilling adventures of Doctor Who. Um, the It was pretty good teaser, though, I felt, because I don't know, and I didn't put any research into it to, to say this, but searching my brain, I can't remember seeing like Salem witch child type stuff done in Doctor Who before. So I was like, oh, there's at least an interesting new time period we're going to go to. But once again, I'm going to put it out there. If next week's episode is really good, which, you know, it could be if it's a semi... Also, Alan Cunning, 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 Cunnings, Cummings. He's playing, like, he's he's the main guest star next week. So that's also going to be really interesting to see on the, on the episode. He's going to be pivotal because you don't get him in just yeah, to do... You don't get him in for another, yeah. Um... But yeah, I think if even if here's what I'm gonna say: if next week's episode is good, the internet will once again be on this. It was really good, but Doctor Who it's not about fucking time travel; it's about sci-fi, you know. Like, because if the three best what? episodes, if the three best episodes, sci-fi. That's that's my point. I literally tweeted that at someone earlier this week. I saw another fucking Twitter thread of people can put like, I I usually dodge them and just mute or block the people as I see them just popping up whenever I click on a Doctor Who hashtag to read people's thoughts about episodes. And I see these, once again, it's just like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Doctor Who used to be about sci-fi and shit. I'm like, I just responded. I was like, dude, time travel is sci-fi. It doesn't matter if they time travel to, because he was complaining about last week's episode, of course. You know, blah, blah, blah. Fucking, there's no monsters, but barely. It was just time travel. Same as everyone was complaining about that, the, the, the Rosa Parks episode as well. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's just fucking history channel shit, blah, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't matter if it's history channel shit. Time travel is fucking sci-fi. <laughs> you can't... The other sci-fi elements that they've had in those episodes. like Yeah, as well. It isn't. People are... Warcraft. <laughs> people are boiling sci-fi down to pew-pew lasers and stuff. I'm like, fucking hell. Get get your shit together. You need to do what you need to. Um, so that's it. Yep. I don't know if you noticed, but at the end of the episode, like in the TARDIS, those crystal things were moving. No, I didn't notice that. Is that no, relevant? No, relevant? It, just, it just looked weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't, don't like it. Uh, I, will, I will note one thing real quick, because I I didn't see it until after we recorded last week's episode, was that the New Year's episode thing has been confirmed. So I did, I did bring it up earlier because it had just been a rumored thing. So this year we are getting no Christmas special. We are getting a New Year's special a lot of kerfuffle about that, of course. But at the same time, I I honestly just feel like everyone that's behind Doctor Who at the moment is just like, we've ruffled so many feathers with the casting, of, you know, doing a female Doctor. At this stage, just commit 
And, you know, because if they'd been talking about this years ago, like, do you want to change it, like, away from Christmas? Everyone would have been like, nah, like, it'll annoy everyone. But I just feel like this, because they've already annoyed so many yeah, people, they're just like, already fuck angered it. everybody, why not? Yeah, just, just <laughs> fucking keep it going. I personally don't care. I feel like that was running short of Christmas stories. I feel like switching to New Year's is, is still fine. As long as I have some sort Let's of... Let's be honest, I haven't actually done, like, a Christmas Proper story. Christmas story for quite some while. Yeah. I mean, one of those Christmas stories was just a fucking superhero one that was set during Christmas time. And I was like, okay, well, that's a that's the thing that's happening. One of them was the line, the witch in the wardrobe set at Christmas time. So uh, as long as I'm getting a Doctor Who Chris, uh, a Doctor Who special at the end of the year, I'm fine. That That is the only tradition part of the special I need. I don't need it to be on Boxing Day. I don't need it to be Christmas themed. I just need it to be something that... At the end of the year, there's a Doctor Who special. That's the part of the, yeah. the tradition I would like to keep around, you know, because that's what I'm used to. Are, yeah. are you on the same boat or? Yeah. I guess, like, it's hard because I've only been watching, like, Doctor Who for, like, four or five years, so it doesn't really... When I binge watch all the Christmas specials, it was, like, not Christmas time, so it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. That's true, I suppose. It's they all yeah. bleed together. I mean, there was also the David Tennant season where there was just a year of no Doctor Who and just these 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 specials yeah, where they just they're like, could we do an Easter special? We fucking sure can. Sure. It's on Desert Planet, but <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> to do uh, yeah, <laughs> so we'll do all these specials. They got nothing to do with actually anything that's happening. Though. But yeah, so that's a thing which means that we'll have one more episode of this. Uh, not that it won't be the season finale. We'll do the last episode of Fish, Fingers, and Custard at uh, whenever that is. Don't know. But they haven't really said yet. If it's New Year's Eve, we'll do it New Year's Day, no, day like the week after or something. 1st of January. Is it airing the 1st of January? Okay. So, yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll, the last episode of the Fish, Fingers, and Custard will be taking place the first week of Next 2019. Year. Then, yeah. Because I, I, I would rather tie that in as still part of fish fingers and custard season one then leave it do what doctor who does which is i mean it's less than a month after the last episode yeah i know so. but you know when you look at like the season numbers for doctor who they always tie the, the christmas special into yeah the seat the, the, the following season like, it doesn't make sense it never it never made any fucking sense it was always really weird but yeah so fuck them they can do that we'll we'll tie it into the actual season uh that it's uh, a part of as far as i'm concerned get out of here with your nonsense uh but this has been Fish Fingers and Custard, the Explosion Network's Doctor Who after show. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at VivaLadil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ashley on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-A-B-L-E-Y. You can follow Explosion Network on Twitter at ExplosionPod. Head on over to ExplosionNetwork.com to find all the great articles, news, reviews, and things about movies and tvs check out our other movies and tv related podcasts called what do you want to watch find that on all your podcasting services which actually hosts and if you've enjoyed this show rate it five stars and a half podcast share it with a friend who likes doctor who tom check out this one be like this is an interesting doctor who after sh after show you should check this out if you're listening to this at a really weird point in time where the season's already finished and you're listening to it and you're like damn i should have been listening to this as the show's airing but i'm enjoying it right now it doesn't matter you know you can you can join in before next season comes around or the the, the yeah. special that was just talking about that's that's the way it goes it's fine we're, we're still out there you don't need to be watching week by week although it probably probably makes the show better but that's that's that, that's fine that's the thing yeah Give us this week's closing statement. What do, what do you got over there for me, Ash? What's what are we going to close the show off this week with? Just be careful with your packages, man. Just be careful with your packages. Uh, 
<laughs> Bye.